You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum, and we are here to break down Giants training camp and then with a little preview of the Cincinnati Bengals preseason game where they're not going to play their starters again pretty disappointing but all in all Chris we're here to evaluate the New York football giants how are you doing you know I'm doing pretty well uh after we recorded on Monday I went to the gym and managed to strain my calf but that's coming along nicely you should play offensive line for the New York Giants because you're injured right Uh, you know I really should It, it, it is a common theme it seems to be a common theme right now, and it didn't really start materializing until that blue and white scrimmage when Marcus McKeithen tore his ACL, and that was pretty tragic. Matt Gano was forced into retirement due to the neck injury, and we know Matt Parrott and Nick Gates have injuries from last season that they're still rehabbing, and we don't know exactly when they're going to be back. But over the last week and a half, two weeks, the New York Giants have suffered several injuries along the offensive line. And today, Thursday, August 18th, Ben Bredesen injured what seems to be his forearm or his elbow. Yes, it was it was noticed by uh, the, the reporters in attendance. Our own Ed Valentine is one of them. Uh, Bredesen went inside with a, quote, big or giant wrap around his elbow. I don't believe he had he has come out, at least have come back outside, at least from the reports that I have seen. And that's not great because Bredesen had basically been the Giants' starting center after a an arm, a vague arm injury to John Feliciano. And before that, Bredesen had been the Giants' starting left guard following the toe injury to Shane Lemieux. Yeah, the, the Giants' offensive line is just getting beat up right now. I mean, th- this is their list of injured linemen. You've got guard center Ben Bredesen with the elbow, John Feliciano with his arm, Lemieux with the toe, Joshua Zudu with an unknown injury, Marcus McKeithen, as you mentioned, on the on the IR with his with an ACL, Jamil Douglas with an ankle injury, Macano with the neck injury that very well could force him into retirement. And then Matt Parrott is still on the pup list with a torn ACL. So the giants are getting awfully thin at the offensive line. And yeah, honestly it it's to the point where one injury, one bad step, one bad rep could be disastrous for this team. Exactly. And we're, looking at this through the prism of a lot of offensive linemen who are going to be contributors, but this is a lot of depth in the interior. Luckily, and I'm knocking on wood fully right now, Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas's name have not popped up here. And the Giants are looking to address a lot of these injuries that they brought in. Tackle Will Holden, who we saw during the preseason game. They re-signed Eric Smith, who used to be with the Giants a few years ago. 
Then they also signed Garrett McGinn, who played pretty well during the first preseason game. That was earlier in training camp when they signed McGinn. And I felt like McGinn and Devery Hamilton were two players that showed up during that Patriots preseason game. And I'm looking forward to what they can do now. But the opportunity is there for them to possibly make this team because the New York Giants have been so beat up along this offensive line. And unfortunately enough, Aaron Robinson was injured on Thursday, August 18th's practice as well. We do not know the extent or the seriousness of this injury. He was guarding Kenny Galladay on a quick slant, and he came up a little hobbled afterwards. Do we have any update on what's going on with Aaron Robinson? And I know he's been sort of a punching bag since that first preseason game. I still think he is an integral part of what the New York Giants are going to be able to do if they want to blitz as much as they blitzed during the Patriot game. Yeah, I haven't seen any updates on him. The Giants need him to be healthy, and they need him to shake off and work through whatever was plaguing him against the New England Patriots. Because like you said, the Giants want to blitz, and we've got some numbers on that. And if you want to blitz as much as the Giants want to blitz, and if you want to blitz as aggressively as Wink Martindale loves to blitz, you you need your secondary to be able to cover and you need guys to be able to cover on an island. Absolutely. And just to touch on the Wink Martindale blitzing experience in preseason week freaking one, Chris, this dude blitzed 46.3% of the time, according to sharp football analysis, 20.3% of the blitzes that he ran were cover zero. The next highest cover zero defense in preseason week one was at 9.5% of the time. So Wink Martindale was dialing the blitz up against Bailey Zappi and forcing that kid to find the open receivers. A lot of the times when he just chucked the ball up in the air, it was underthrown, but the receiver adjusted well to make a pretty impressive catch, which looked like a back shoulder type of throw, but I just think Bailey Zappi didn't have enough juice to get the ball where it actually needed to be. Regardless, we are starting to see glimpses of what Wink Martindale wants to do to opposing offenses as early as preseason week one. Yes. Now, I don't know if he is going to be running cover zero blitzes, uh, you know, one out of every five snaps like he did against the Patriots. But I think it is going to be a central part of his defense, which that's the thing we knew. We knew from his time with the Ravens that he loves man coverage and he loves to dial up exotic blitzes, send pressure from unexpected areas of the field, create free rushers, put quarterbacks under duress, and really force those poor throws where even if his defense isn't coming up with turnovers, the ball's still hitting the ground, which is a win for the defense. Yeah, I do wonder if maybe he made a point of calling a ton of blitzes in the first preseason game just as a matter of emphasis for things to work on and to see where his secondary is in this part of their installation and development. We might see less of it against the Cincinnati Bengals, but I still expect to see a lot of it. We remember last year when Wink Martindale went up against the Cincinnati Bengals, he attempted to utilize that approach and Joe Burrow burned him for over 400 yards. <laughs> now, Joe Burrow will not be playing in this game as he's recovering from the appendectomy, even though he's back at practice. 
But still, I wonder if Wink Martindale's going to want to show them my blitzes work. And last year with the Ravens, he blitzed over 30% of the time. He ranked in the top six of the NFL, and that was with a pretty poor defense where he probably had to dial back the aggressiveness a little bit. So I think this season is going to be a lot of fun with the exotic blitz packages we're going to see from Wink Martindale throughout the entirety of the year. But Chris, there were some cuts. The first round of cuts happened this week on Tuesday where the Giants cut five players off of their 90-man roster and got down to 85. Next week, they're going to cut another five players to get down to 80. And then the week after that, they go all the way down to 53. So there's going to be a lot of players who are going to be out of jobs, which also means there's going to be a lot of players who are available for the Giants to sign throughout the NFL. And they used a waiver claim already on Elijah Griffin, a defensive back from USC, who was a 2021 UDFA, who was with the Buffalo Bills. So Joe Shane knows him a little bit. And Elijah Griffin now comes into the New York Giants, and he was running with the second team as early as today's practice. Do you have anything on Elijah Griffin or just the fact that the Giants released three different defensive backs in Gavin Heslop, Michael Jaquette, and Gerard Wilson, whose contract was terminated. They signed him about two weeks ago, along with obviously Jeremiah Hall and Josh Revis. And we'll get into those releases soon. But do you have anything on Elijah Griffin? And do you think there's some upside in signing someone who was a former five-star recruit, the number three cornerback in his recruiting class, but shoulder injuries have kind of held him back in his young career? Yeah, anytime you have a player who's a five-star recruit, they're good. These scouting services are good at identifying talent. Now, guys obviously slip through the cracks or they develop over the course of their college career. Some some guys develop a little bit later than others. That's, you know, we, we all know this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. If the Giants could get what could get the potential out of Griffin that made him a five-star recruit, this could be a really good value waiver claim slash signing for them. Overall, I think the fact that they were willing to cut, terminate, waive, you know, there's just subtle differences between the terminology, but we'll say part ways with three defensive backs. Yeah. I think that does indicate a willingness on their part to scour the waiver wire, to shuffle and churn the back end of their roster to try to find the best answers that they can. 
you know, we have seen some of these guys struggle in practice, struggle a bit dur- a bit in that preseason game. And the Giants know their secondary is going to be hit with attrition. They need, as we were just talking about, a really good and deep secondary to run Martindale's scheme the way it should be run. The Giants have, I think, a better pass rush, a better core of pass rushers than the Baltimore Ravens had last year. But even even so, they need the coverage to hold up because what really brought the Ravens' defense from a top-five unit down to middle of the pack last year were those injuries in the secondary. And we've seen Cordell Flott deal with a groin injury already. Aaron Robinson went inside with some kind of injury, as we mentioned at the top of the show. The Giants need their depth to be able to step up and take over those roles if necessary. And I expect the Giants to look all over the NFL. And Joe Shane has already alluded to this. The pro scouting department is going to look for current NFL players who are released at the cornerback position and at the interior offensive line to bring in and who can fit the culture and compete for snaps, special teams reps. And with the injuries and the volatility in the NFL, some of these guys might be thrust into actually earning offensive and defensive snaps. We've seen that plenty of times in the history of the NFL. Guys who were cut, then they have significant roles with the team that signs them off of waivers. Griffin was signed off waivers, and we could see if he's actually going to stick around. I'm sure we'll probably see him in action against the Cincinnati Bengals. And he's new here, but still, it's an exciting opportunity for this player who was once really highly regarded. But about these Giants players who were released. The one that sticks out the most is tight end Jeremiah Hall. Now, I believe he played a handful of snaps, so not a ton in that Patriots game. But he was a player that we thought had a real shot of making the team. He made several highlight reel type of catches throughout training camp. And when asked about the release, the New York Giants, I'm trying to remember who exactly had the quote, might have been Brian Dable said that the tight ends and the, are cross-trained to all play fullback. So we have Daniel Bellinger. You have Ricky Seals-Jones, who was spotted at practice on a stationary bike. It's a Ricky Seals-Jones spotting, Chris. It's exciting. <laughs> Jordan Akins, Chris Myrick, Austin Allen. They're all being cross-trained to execute duties of the H-back and the fullback. And I think that ultimately made Jeremiah Hall expendable. Now he's no longer with the New York Giants. He was an exciting player. I hope he catches on somewhere, but he's an undersized tight end who has a specific skill set. So we'll see if a team is interested in someone like that. Yeah, I could actually see uh, Kyle Shanahan making a run at him potentially over with the San Francisco 49ers just because just we, we have seen him make some incredible use of the twelve per, uh, sorry 21 personnel formations to uh two backs and really use his his fullback slash h back as a weapon in his offense especially with uh kyle jessick we we could see hall draw some interest over there i i thought because his his frame and the way he was used at oklahoma was really kind of unique among the tight end h back position group for the Giants that he had a real chance at sticking. 
but apparently the Giants felt otherwise. He did only play six snaps against the Patriots. So, you know, from from that angle, this isn't really a surprise that he was cut. They, The Giants certainly seemed to feel differently about him than we did. Yeah, now we'll see exactly what happens with him. And as for those other players that were released, Austin Prohl was waived with injury. Jared Wilson was terminated his contract. And then Jaquette and Heslap were both players who were competing to possibly make this team in a thin secondary. So I think the Giants, I mean, yes, they signed Elijah Griffin. They're not done bringing in bodies for the cornerback spot, bodies who can handle a lot of different responsibilities and who are fluid enough to play man coverage on a regular basis. Josh Revis, like I said earlier, was also released. But Chris, moving on to the Bengals game, what is the number one thing you're looking for other than stay freaking healthy, okay? What is the number one thing you're looking for for the New York Giants in their only home preseason game, even though they play the Jets, it's basically <laughs> a home game in the third preseason game. What is the thing you're looking forward to the most? Well, I would say if number one is stay healthy, then number two is stay healthy. But then number three, yeah, I've got a couple things tied for number three. The first is going to be that secondary. And in particular, assuming he plays, I want to get another look at Aaron Robinson. And in particular, I want to get a look at his feet and hips because the Patriots targeted him early and often. And he struggled against their backups with Brian Hoyer at quarterback. Now, we know the Bengals aren't going to be playing their starters. Joe Burrow still recovering from that emergency appendectomy. Jamar Chase won't be playing. Uh, T. Higgins won't be playing. But the Bengals do still have a good and pretty deep offensive group so i want to get a look at the giants defense against that group and i also kind of want to see the giant actually not kind of i definitely want to see the giants offensive line particularly rookie offensive tackle of neal and also this interior offensive line where we will be sure to have at least some of their depth on the field to take the first snap of the game with the starters so I want to see how those guys play against the Bengals defense because they, they do have a pretty good defensive front over there in Cincy. Yeah, B.J. Hill, it's a familiar face right there. He might earn some snaps even though he's a veteran. If I had to pick one thing, Chris, and it actually has to do with the first team, and I don't even know how much Daniel Jones is going to play. I hope Daniel Jones looks good. But I hope Kenny Galladay makes a big play. That could be a contested catch up the sideline. It could be a touchdown. It could be a long play over the deep to intermediate parts of the field. But I just want to see something that will inspire hope from Kenny Galladay because the negativity surrounding this player is starting to amount, starting to proliferate. And it's really just, to be honest, because this is a player getting paid, what, $72 million, and we haven't seen really anything of note from Kenny Galladay other than the New Orleans Saints game last year. And I think this kid, and I know Ed talked about this on his podcast, and I agree. I don't think he's just lazy. I don't. He might be injured or not like dealing with an injury, but his previous hip injuries have hindered his skill set so much that he's not the same player he was when he was in Detroit. But I would like to just see something that's going to inspire us to be like, oh, okay. Maybe he's not totally washed at this point. Yeah, I think after particularly that one 
play where he had the drop right there. Could have been a touchdown. Certainly would have been a first down. It wound up forcing the Giants to go to the go for the field goal. Graham Gano did Graham Gano things. I think after that, he is going to play with some fire against the Bengals. Now, I'll be interested to see exactly how much the offense looks at him, how many passes go his way where he's the primary read. I know on the the early practices immediately after that, he only saw, I believe, like that one Sunday practice where the Giants were hit hard by injuries. Galladay only saw, I believe, two targets, you know, that whole practice. So I'll be interested to see what he looks like. I'll also be interested interested to see how many looks he gets. But also to stay at the wide receiver position, I want to see more from Colin Johnson and Richie James. You know, if Galladay isn't able to continue to step up, you know, he, he he's going to be with the Giants for a little while. But we could see could be seeing the emergence in Johnson and Richie James of two new receivers that Giants fans should be excited about. Absolutely. Both of those players have had excellent camps. Galladay, not so much, albeit today, August 18th. Kenny Galladay reportedly had a good camp by a lot of people's metric. Ryan Dunleavy said so. Art Stapleton said so. He connected with Daniel Jones on a long pass. So there are little signs of encouragement here from Kenny Galladay, and that's all well and good. But to your point, Chris, Richie James and Colin Johnson, two players who I was like, "Eh, I'm not really sure if there's a spot for them on the roster. I'm looking now and I'm saying it's going to be difficult to release these players. Now, I think the New York Giants are, are pretty deep. At the wide receiver position, you have the situation with Darius Slayton where the Giants can save $2.5 million on a player who's in the last year of his deal, who has been one of the most inefficient wide receivers over the last two seasons, who also doesn't add special teams value. So you look at that situation, and then you look at Richie James and Colin Johnson, and you say, well, who is worth keeping from a lot of different there's a lot of different variables that kind of go into that. And I like Darius Slayton, but I'm just not sure if he's actually going to make this roster. We'll have to wait and see. It's one of the more interesting things to monitor throughout the rest of training camp and preseason. But Richie James has really made a name for himself in preseason. And he had a lot of potential coming out of middle Ted of the city. So hopefully he can actually actualize that at the moment. Same with Colin Johnson coming out of Texas. And he just looks pretty fluid for a dude who's teetering on six, six. I mean, that one third and two conversion, with Daniel Jones on the second drive where he pivoted and then found space straight away from the linebacker and kind of split the linebacker and the cornerback who was expanding with the running back into the flat. That's just a smart play. And we know Brian Dable has ushered praise on Colin Johnson's ability to play multiple positions from an intellectual standpoint. So it seems like he's adapting very well to what Mike Kafka and Brian Dable are asking him to do. So I'm right there with you, man. Colin Johnson, Richie James, Let's see more from them because those are going to be the two wide receivers here who are probably going to see, you know, I would say snaps through the second quarter. And then you'll probably start to see the Robert Foster, Marcus Kemp, and the Alex Bachmans of the world in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. The, with Colin Johnson, he's got the, the speed, the fluidity. He's got the versatility. He also has the kind of catch radius the Giants don't have at you know, really elsewhere on the roster, except for Galladay and you know, Austin Allen, who, you know, that's a big tight end right there. But that one pass, that miraculous reception by Richie James, that was off of a Colin Johnson deflection. That was the only ball targeted to him that he didn't catch. He was seven of eight 
but he was you know full vertical stretched out expanded his catch radius as much as he could and the ball just kind of glanced off of his fingers or well off of his palms i don't think there's another receiver other than maybe galladay who could have even gotten his hands up there to make a play on that ball yeah that ball was really high up there and the way it was overthrown if the receiver doesn't get his hands on it there was a defensive back i believe in position to come down with that interception on the overthrow so that really was kind of a miraculous catch but if the giants didn't have a receiver with colin johnson's size there in the middle of the field that ball is very likely going in the other direction yeah, Chris, one more thing that I'm interested in seeing is the running back three battle because we saw all three of the running backs in the Patriot game have, I would say, somewhat success. But the one that really stuck out to me was Antonio Williams, who is probably going to get a decent amount of carries in this game. I'm not certain if Matt Breed is going to see the field. We haven't seen a lot of him in the last few weeks. And Gary Brightwell is also dealing with some sort of injury at the moment. So I think between Antonio Williams and Deshaun Corbin, there is a huge opportunity to be seized because we know there is a roster spot up in the air for that running back three spot. And I think Antonio Williams right now has the lead. And if Gary Brightwell doesn't play, then it's going to be on Deshaun Corbin to really prove himself and be a little bit more efficient than he was against the New England Patriots. So I'm looking forward to just monitoring that situation. And if anybody wants an in-depth breakdown of what happened during the Patriots game, go check out Big Blue View. I dropped a video article about it maybe three days ago. Yeah, this running back three battle is surprisingly fun surprisingly competitive Uh, i'm with you i i think antonio williams right now might have the edge the one thing that does interest me and i do want to see is will they use williams more through the air just to see how he fares as a receiving running back because while Deshaun corbin wasn't as efficient on the ground he only averaged a little bit over three yards per carry compared to better than six for antonio williams he was utilized quite a bit as a receiver. I think he was the Giants' third leading receiver, or he had had the second or third most catches. I I don't have the numbers right in front of me. Uh, Among all of their players against the Patriots, so he does have that ability to be a receiving threat out of the backfield, be a reliable checkdown option. And if you're looking at a third running back, That is useful as well, especially as much as the Giants are going to want to throw the ball this year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But Chris, is there anything else that you're specifically looking for for this game against the Cincinnati Bengals? You know, off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything. I I would have loved to see the Giants starters go against the Bengals starters, guys who were playing in the Super Bowl just a few months ago. I think that would have been a great test for the Giants. Unfortunately, Joe Burrow had, you know, had the acute appendicitis, had to have that taken out. Jamar Chase isn't going to be on the field. T. Higgins aren't going to be on the field. That Those guys would have been a fantastic test for this secondary. But we'll just have to take what we get and see what we see on Sunday. Yeah, Chris, that would have been like the bar 
Okay, that would have been like the bar exam. Going up against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, that would have been very, very difficult for this New York Giants secondary, but that's what they have to adjust to. Yes, the schedule isn't overly difficult this season, but they're going to be going up against some really good receivers still. Alrighty, everybody, thank you for tuning in to Big Blue View Radio. I am Nick Filato. That is Chris Flum, and this is the Chris and Nick Show. Please head on over to Big Blue View for all of your favorite New York Giants written content. Thank you, everybody, and take care of each other. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the phone? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.